So my name is Michael again, and I am a compulsive uh, overeater. And uh, I uh, want to thank Mai for asking me for the opportunity to come here and to uh, get over my thinking. Uh, I woke up this morning with a very, very busy head, and I had a compulsive overeater call me. And we talked a bit, and we read something, and we prayed together. But my head didn't slow down. Uh, but I feel it's a good, good feeling. Sometimes you know how our heads spin to the negative, and we can't get out. Sometimes they spin to the positive, and you can't get out. And uh, I, I, if I had my druthers, I'd rather stay in the positive because it really feels good. But it's a little exhausting if I don't take my higher power with me. And uh, so we prayed. We did the third step prayer. This is the second time I've done the prayer. And then my sponsor uh, texted me a mantra. And we usually, uh, he usually does that at my request. And the mantra is, it looks a, a, a sign here. I'm going to show this. Um, I don't know if you can see that if I'm on the podcast, I don't know how visible that is, but it's a road sign, and on top it says relax, and then on the bottom it says you are okay. And oh my goodness, I don't know how to do that by myself. You know what I mean, boys and girls? Um, uh, but God helps me to do it. Um, the serenity prayer helps me a lot. And uh, there is an old timer that has since passed away. And he had a version of the serenity prayer that really holds me in good stead. Because when I'm like, you know, I'm into it, into my head and, and all um, excited. Um, he said, God, grant me um, the serenity to calmly accept the things I cannot change. So I asked for calmness because I don't have it on my own. And then if I feel that a little bit, I think maybe my higher power is present. And then he said, the courage to change the things I can. And the only things that I can change, and even that I have problems with, is my attitude. I've got to ask God for help with that one. And my actions. And uh, so things I can change. Okay, God, help me change my attitude, my actions. And then the wisdom to know the difference. He added the wisdom to enjoy the ride. Okay. So if by the end of that, prayer, I'm not, still not enjoying the ride, I'll say the prayer again. So it's kind of a cool version of the serenity prayer that calms me down. So lest I get into my head too much, I can tell you that my abstinence date is July 20th, 1990. I can tell you that my sponsor's name is Terrell. And I can tell you that my home group is the kitchen sink, which meets on Saturdays at nine o'clock. And, uh, uh, you guys are in this meeting if you're regular attenders, but uh, it's nice to have a different meeting to go to as well. So those three things are pretty paramount in my um, in my uh, recovery. Um, I don't want to have a home group because I don't want to show up consistently because if I do, you know, you're going to know who I really am. And I don't want you to really know who I am because if you know who I am, you're going to know how I think about myself. But you guys already know that because you guys think about yourself the same way. And uh, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, I think about myself a lot. And it's called a little self-obsession. And it's part of the disease. Um, sponsor is important because I call him whether he wants me to or not <laughs> on a daily basis. And uh, I've gotten into the habit of doing that. And it wasn't so easy in the beginning because my first sponsor asked me, what's the exact nature of your food? What, what are you putting in your body? And I didn't know. 
And I didn't want to know, but I knew that uh, I had gained 30 pounds in 30 days and I had quit smoking cigarette, a three pack a day cigarette habit. I went to Nicotine Anonymous for a little support to do that. And after about six weeks, the, uh, the uh, habit had been removed. Uh, and uh, so that's when I put on 30 pounds in 30 days. Excuse me, Greg, I'm on a meeting, but I'll call you back. Um, so um, so I, um, I bitched and complained about that at the other meetings that I was going to. They weren't OA. And, um, and the people said, well, we don't want to hear about that. We don't care if you're eating Haagen-Dazs and eating whole pizzas and passing out. You know, you know, all we care about is the addiction that you're here for. And, uh, but I was smart. I knew there was an Overeaters Anonymous. And I came to you guys and I listened. And a lot of you said you ate three meals a day with nothing in between. And a lot of you said you didn't eat any white flour or whatever, recreational sugar. And I thought, oh, I, I can do this, but I couldn't. And I kept getting heavier and heavier until after about a year of hanging around you guys, um, I raised my hand. I said, I'm Michael. I'm a compulsive eater and I need help. And uh, um, it's interesting. I heard something, an acronym for help the other day. Um, Hello, eternal loving power or something mm -hmm. like that. I thought, Ooh, that's kind of a nice way to get in touch with my higher power. But it's hard for me to ask for help because I like to do this on my own because I like to think I can do it on my own. It's part of my spiritual arrogance. So I asked this guy for help. His name was Matt M. May he rest in peace. He was a hundred pounder. And uh, he asked me to call him and I called him and he said, what are you going to eat? And I said, well, I don't know. And he said, well, why don't you, whatever you eat, just write it down afterwards and call me the next day or that night or whatever it was. And, uh, and so for some reason I trusted him and I'm pretty sure what I ate, it was a long time ago, was a lot cleaner because I knew I was going to have to report it to another human being between me and God, you know, God is forgiving. I can eat anything I want, but that other human being that's involved in the fifth step uh, has some kind of a magical power. And I told Matt what I was going to eat and he didn't judge me. And he knew that, and he had eaten a lot more crazily than I had eaten. He had a hundred pounds to, to lose and he had done it for a longer time. And he was real connected to the big book. And I felt comfortable enough to start calling him on a consistent basis and, um, and taking a fifth step with my food. A fifth step is admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Well, I substitute wrongs with food. And the way I was eating, it was wrong because it was not healthy and I was killing myself. I was anesthetizing myself with the beauty of living life on life's terms on the Natch. And it really is a beautiful thing. Um, but um, without something to anesthetize myself and without a higher power, a loving higher power in my life, I don't want to do it. I want to I want to put my head under the covers and eat Haagen-Dazs and pizza and eggnog shakes and whatever else can uh, can uh, relieve me of the bondage of the fear that I feel as a self-obsessed compulsive overeater. So I uh, merrily uh, went along with you guys for a while. And then I started to take my will back and it came in the um, manifestation of very slowly stop going to meetings. Um, I never had a home group. I was going to meetings on a consistent basis, but I wouldn't show up on a um, 
at a particular meeting on a consistent basis. And just slowly but surely, I started calling my, stopped calling my sponsor. And uh, then I uh, started getting involved in other things other than the 12-step program of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I uh, had a mother who was uh, diagnosed schizophrenic when I was a, a kid in the early 50s. And she had many suicide attempts and uh, she was institutionalized and she had a, a lobotomy in the early 50s where they cut a part of your brain out that they thought was diseased and many, many shock treatments. And in, the, um, in her early 40s in Camarillo State Hospital, she keeled over from a heart attack, uh, going to get a pack of cigarettes, uh, ironically. And, uh, and did not have a very, very happy life. So I thought when I was in the midst of my self-obsession that there might be something chemically imbalanced in my brain because after all, my mom was a schizophrenic. And so I started experimenting with therapy, but what my mistake was in retrospect is I stopped going to Overeaters Anonymous and I stopped working the 12 steps. And the therapy that I was involved with uh, it was involved in introspection and they wanted you to feel your feelings and they wanted you to get angry at people. And, 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 and OA was telling me, you got to get relieved of that and you have to give it to God and you have to get rid of re the resentments and resentments will kill you. And what I was hearing therapy was telling me, no, get introspective, get into it. And I got hungry and I got real hungry and I, and I had a slip. And not only in this program, but the other program that I was involved in. So uh, what had happened after about four months of running the show myself and getting really, really scared, uh, I went to uh, a meeting that uh, the, one of the guys in the big book, uh, his story was in there. He wrote the story on acceptance. And I don't know if you know, on ex acceptance is the answer to all my problems. And I heard him speak. And, uh, and I started to call him. And uh, one of the things that he said in his pitch was that never in his 20 some odd years of sobriety, he was sober at the time, uh, had he had a problem to which the 12 steps did not offer him a solution. And that resonated so strong with me. And I was so far away from the 12 steps and so into my addiction that, uh, and so afraid that I started to call him and he started to uh, nurture me and to get me back into the 12 steps of recovery. And um, I, uh, I uh, got involved in a very structured and disciplined group and I don't like structure and discipline. And I had heard of this home group for many years and, and I knew that they had to do weird, weird things. But uh, not only did I get involved and joined this group, I got the founder of the group to be my sponsor. And the founder was mean. The founder was like my grandmother who raised me because like I told you, my mom was in and out of hospitals and my dad was alcoholic and was in and out of hospitals. So my grandmother raised me and screamed and yelled at me a lot and wanted to, me to go to bed at 830. And why should I? I want to watch television and wanted me to clean up after myself. If I brushed my hair and I had hair in the sink, Michael, why don't God damn it, you chazer damn kid. Chazer in Yiddish means pig. And she said, uh, you, uh, Chazer, you offer a pig a finger and he wants the whole hand. And 
that was me, but I didn't want her screaming at me. So I screamed back at her, but she screamed louder. You know, her voice was much louder than my head. And then my father would come back from the hospital and he would spoil me. And my father was living with my grandmother as well. And then my grandmother would yell at my father and say, you're spoiling him rotten, Lewis. God damn it. I'm trying to excuse my cursing on the tape. But uh, so anyway, that's one of the things this structured home group t teaches me not to use profanity from the podium. You know, we swear like sailors when we're not in a meeting, but from the podium, we have to represent the program that's saving our lives. Those of you who hear the podcast, you can't see the nice coat and tie that I'm wearing. Those of you who are there and I want to get dressed up in a coat and tie at 815 in the friggin morning. I'm just getting out of bed. But the program teaches me to act better than I feel. And if I'm representing a program and I really believe that OA is saving my life and, you know, I'm not, you know, dying from from uh, diabetes or, or obesity or whatever, then I can put on a coat and tie and, and share with you for, for 45 minutes or an hour. And, and the action speaks louder than words anyway. And a lot of times I have to do contrary action and act my way into uh, the higher power who's inside and just waiting for me anyway, you know, despite my bitching and complaining. So, so anyway, my, this sponsor uh, in the other program would yell and scream. And, uh, and I thought he was rather rude, but I was so desperate that I followed the direction and did what he told me to do. And grandma, may you rest in peace. Uh, I forgive you <laughs> for yelling and screaming. Everything you told me to do was the right thing to do, but I just didn't want to do it. I didn't, I was a kid. And I'm not a kid now. I'm 69 years old. So I know that you're resting in peace and that you had an awful, awful life. And, uh, and I hope you forgive me. I went to her grave with letters, you know, and, and I read them to her. I don't know how sincere I was, but the older I get and the more obstinate I get and the, the less program I have, I can see how hard it is to work life on life's terms. And God has given me a good life today. Um, I think I've got about five minutes left if I go for the, the full uh, 20 minutes. Um, like I say, I don't wanna get out of bed. Um, I told my my sponsor in the other program that I was thinking of coming back to OA because I'm a compulsive eater. And, you know, I don't think you can help me with my eating. I don't think you have that problem. And he says, no, I don't, kid. If you got to go to OA, go ahead and do it. And I said, but Plancy, you know, I... I you know, I think I need a sponsor in that program. And I know how we believe in strong sponsorship. And my MO was not having any sponsor and just going to anybody who would listen and the person who would agree with me, that's the action I would take. And in, in this program, I've learned to have only one sponsor. So I said, I think I might have to get another sponsor. And he says, go ahead, kid because he couldn't help me in Overeaters Anonymous. So I asked Richie to be my sponsor, who was another 100 pounder who talked like this. And uh, every time I would tell him that I was eating cheese, he'd say, why are you eating artery cloggers? Artery cloggers, what are you eating that for, kid? And so every time I eat cheese now, I, I hear Richie's voice, may he rest in peace, saying artery cloggers, artery cloggers. Um, he taught me about exercising. He said, you know, Michael, I exercise four to seven times a week, four to seven times a week. So, you know, exercise isn't really a part of our program. It's not in the steps, 
but I do a modicum of exercise for a half an hour. I, I walk, I jog, you know, for 31 minutes and stuff, four to seven times a week. And I don't know if, well, I know that it, it gets the endorphins, you know, the natural, so I don't have to use anything to kind of relax. And I know when I do that four to seven times a week that I feel better about my program. Um, yeah, I would call in my food on a daily basis. And on the weekends, he would tell me, um, give me a reprieve on a weekends. You know, I don't want to hear from you on a weekend. So it forced me to reach out to Carl, who now lives in Florida. And, uh, and I would give him my food uh, seven days a week. And uh, I don't do my food perfectly. Sometimes I don't know what I'm going to eat. Uh, I know today it's going to be announced on weekends. Um, I have a pretty regimented food plan during the week, but on weekends, I don't know. So it behooves me to, before I eat it, to text it into my sponsor. I have a little um, app on my phone also that has points on it, makes sure that I don't go way overboard. And if I do that before I eat it and I say a prayer before, and then I ask God, Richie taught me, please, God, make it enough. And then afterwards, if I remember to have God in there and say, God, thank you, God, for the food that I've already eaten, including a higher power in the equation, gets me out of myself and, and really gives me the power to do what I don't want to do. So uh, Richie taught me a lot of, a lot of good things. Um, I'm also um, a teacher and I was a horrible student and I cheated a lot in school. And uh, if they don't find me out, uh, at the end of, uh, I guess the term ends in the, in June, uh, don't tell anybody, but it'll be 26 years a day at a time that I've actually had a legitimate teaching career. And if I had more time, I could tell you more about that. I actually love what I do. I just hate doing the work to do it. You know what I mean? And so how I use you guys, there's a lady, Carol, in program who I will call and uh, I will say, you know, Carol, I don't want to do my lesson plans. I'm going to set my timer for a half an hour. I'll say the third step prayer and I'll start trying to create lesson plans. And now I've got 25 years worth of lesson plans and they're all in a computer, but I'm so perfectionistic that every individual class, I'm, I go from school to school, I teach a lot of classes. I have to do it perfectly and it's crazy, but I feel good when I do it that way. And so uh, I'll be uh, calling Carol probably this weekend. I have a couple of hours of unstructured time. And, and it's an opportunity for me to get the, the week's lesson plan, plans done. So at least getting Mondays done so I can watch the World Series at five o'clock. And, uh, and if I do that, uh, I'll feel better about myself. So I still go bitching and complaining and I'm still pretty self-will. But boy, I'm a lot better than I was 30 years ago. I've got about I got about one minute left. I think that's what that is. Yes. And um, so, just to sum up, um, I, I'm never going to rise above being human, but I I can attest and I can really say it with conviction that I'm a lot better than I was. 30 years ago. And God has given me a phenomenal life to have a career that offers me insurance for me and my family, to have uh, four children, um, one of which my oldest has given me three grandchildren. He's clean and sober for 13 years as a sober wife. And to have um, 
on you guys first and foremost. That is so that thing that you read that I read that I'd like a copy of, by the way, because I don't have that book. It talks about happiness. And there were three other things that are um, a byproduct of just putting down the food and getting honest. Getting honest was so hard for me in the beginning. And at times when my sponsor goes out of town, calling somebody else and telling them the exact nature of what I'm eating, you know, it's really, really hard, but it's paramount to living a good life. So I'm done.